Welcome back to another edition of Sports Tech Atlanta's Seed Talk. I'm your host, Sterling Mack, joined on the other end by Taylor Mack. Um, today we got a, we got three stories for you, kind of like three topics we'll, we'll discuss, and then our funding rounds. Um, before we jump into it, a little quick news, if you didn't see it, um, obviously as everything's kind of going on, did you see the header today, real quick, the little pause? Uh, did you see the, the, the 90, I think it's the 95th minute there? I did for um, Atlanta United, it was an unbelievable goal. No, I wasn't talking to Lady Knight. I was talking to oh. Ian, actually. Oh, okay. Um, you're, t- you're going across the pond. There's been incredible headers in, 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 in multiple leagues. Um, but um, no, not the one in over in Europe. But I did see Atlanta United score in the last the last second. Yeah, they've been playing well. Um, this has become a soccer podcast the last couple of weeks here. Um, the reason why we're talking about that is because ESPN and La Liga have reached an expansive long-term agreement that will make ESPN Plus, the new English and Spanish language home, for La Liga Santander and La Liga Smart Bank in the United States for the next eight seasons. Uh, pretty big news. Obviously, huge news for Disney from their portfolio. Um, you know, ESPN's kind of dipped their toe in soccer uh, recently, but now um, being able to showcase some of the, the world's marquee uh, sports teams, right, from FC Barcelona, Real Madrid, uh, Atletico Madrid, uh, it's going to be huge for ESPN and obviously ESPN Plus. Um, so beyond the live matches, ESPN Plus will offer a variety of surrounding programming, uh, including match previews, highlights, magazine shows, and will continue to cover the Liga extensively on signature ESPN Plus shows, including ESPN FC, um, which I believe is hosted by uh, Jorge Ramos. So, yeah, I mean, super cool. I think it's a, a pretty big deal, obviously, as, you know, you saw what happened with the Super League, everything like that. Like, there's just mm-hmm. people know that the the gaining these rights is is a big deal. ESPN had also kind of lost previously rights uh, when Paramount kind of launched, right? Um, so it, this is a big deal for them, obviously, to secure that soccer fan and to continue to kind of bolster what soccer could be here in the United States. Yeah, and it's big for just constant touches because the I think the biggest thing that people run into if you is um you know the whole copyright issue and then so say you want to watch a, a goal that happens in the real madrid game you see it trending you're like oh uh you know what what did kareem benzema do and then you keep clicking on highlights and everything gets flagged as you know you can't watch this in your country um due to you know copyright claim or whatever and so uh now that you have that under espn that's going to continue to constantly touch that common fan and then also those who are devoted and don't say like are subscribed to be in sports and aren't able to click in and watch watch the game or see those highlights there so um it's a it's a really big thing um with uh this agreement that they have going on so i'm i'm excited for it yeah agreed agreed so those are that was the news we wanted to highlight um the first kind of story platform that we saw today was a punch act. So I saw this because, uh, you know, they opened a location in Atlanta in April. Uh, punch act is a high tech indoor mini golf and global cuisine uh, concept. So they just secured 60 million in funding as they look to open new locations. Um, I believe they have plans to op- open in Chicago in the fall, followed by Miami, and then looking to do something in Nashville as well. Uh, this was kind of cool, just when um, the fact that you know you're putting a little technology to an old time game in in mini golf, and obviously kind of surrounding it like we've seen at some of the other um, you know 
like kind of trending restaurants and, and, and kind of locations now, right? You're kind of like infusing uh, being able to drink, but also being able to do something kind of cool and like be active. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the tech part is, I think, the, the part that's super cool because they use trackball technology, um, which essentially tracks really everything since you once you kind of get into the building. Um, the balls, um, have like a, a patented ring around it. So before you play and everything like that, obviously they're like sanitized, uh, they're dispensed within your gamer profile, but it's automatically linked. So every time you touch the ball, now you can't cheat anymore in like mini golf, which is kind of funny to me. So um, I thought this was, like I said, kind of cool. And, and obviously opening in uh, opening in Atlanta back in April, I wanted to highlight them. Taylor, what'd you think about this? No, I think it's a cool concept. And like you said, being active at the same time as drinking because you know everything now focuses around having casual drinks um for activities for our adult friends in our age group and you know people that are older and beyond so i i I like the concept that you know just have a couple questions about it though because okay with the with the ball tracking you know is it is it tracking you know for your strokes every time it's hit or when the ball stops in motion and it knows that it's sitting idle and then it, you know, then it goes forward again. So that's how it's counting your strokes before it goes into the hole. And then um, I guess that's, that's the first big thing that I have there. And then, you know, can you, it has, I think four different courses within the Atlanta area. So what were the metrics or, you know, four different courses inside that 25,000 square foot, you know, factory essentially. So I kind of want to know what the metrics were. If you're going to open in April and, you know, you obviously this has been, through the pandemic at the same time, but were you like, oh, the success that we have, we know that this model will work in other cities as they're already going to open up. It wasn't like we're the original, because this is the the original owner uh, was the creator of Top Golf from 2007, running running to Top Top Golf from 2007 to 2012. So obviously he's well well versed in the game and understands what he needs to see. But I'm just kind of curious too, you know, like April's quick, and then now you're already going to other locations in other states. So they, ha- I want to know kind of what they saw to know that this formula will work because basically this is adult Dave and Buster's for the upper echelon because it's golf. Not everybody's loves golf, but you're going to have that golfing clientele and that's who they're looking for and trying to bring in. So I'm like, you know, it's, it's that, it's that DMB feel, but there's no video games. You know what I mean? So like, what were, what were they looking at? And also that ball tracking techno- technology. Well, like I said, I think, you know, you've seen, I don't know, um, like Penn's Mechanical, right, has started to brand themselves and started to launch in different cities like Charlotte, mm-hmm. Nashville, Indianapolis. Um, I think places that are able to infuse uh, being active, being able to play something at, at those like Penn's Mechanical games are, are places, right? They have like mm-hmm. uh, duck pin bowling or like mm-hmm. smaller pin bowling. With this, I think the concept, right, is one – yeah, everything is kind of tracked for you. So now it, it takes away this idea of like you being outside. You're in, you know, when you go to like Orlando or Tampa, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to like shit on those cities. I'm just saying like when you go to those cities, a lot of times you see people as you're driving through, everyone's like packed into like a mini golf place, right? Yeah. But it's like your standard mini golf. Yeah, I think kid, you got kids slobbering on the handles all yeah. over the balls. You're like, this just doesn't look clean. Yeah, I know what you mean. To your point, in like, adding in the kind of the, the social aspect of like having a nice bar, um, having like these, you know, really different high tech or kind of high tech concept, like holes, right. You know, that you're like playing through, I think it makes it a different thing and something where people have obviously kind of gravitated towards it. So I think that's what they, they saw in the, over the last month. Right. 
uh, Atlanta, you know, opened up a little bit, uh, opened up a little bit ago. So mm. being able to get people in was, I, I think, an advantage for them to be able to see, hey, you know, as other cities start to open up as we get through the pandemic, we'll have a chance to do something very similar. Right now, it's just yeah. I, that's why they wanted to go secure the funding. To yeah. my understanding um, was was that the concept worked. It's just making sure you have the space to go do the same thing that they did in Atlanta. Right. And, and um, I think this will really be big. And I know they're opening, you know, starting off with Chicago and then, like you said, with Miami. But with the Northeast, I think this will be a major thing because you don't have a lot of top golfs in the Northeast because of the weather. And so now you bring right. that top golf technology and people have been yearning for uh, doing something top golf esque. And so now that you have, you know, something similar, you're not driving. It's a great date night type of thing because it's low effort. You don't have to be good at golf. You just have to enjoy putt-putt. And I think a lot of people enjoy putt-putt. And, um, yeah, they're, they're definitely going at a certain clientele with uh, their, their current model. You've seen it when you go into Top Golf. You, you, you know what to expect when you're coming in. And on top of that, you have the, the bars, and it's, they have great drink prices for the most part. You're getting like a $6 pitcher. Uh, I don't know about that for New York City if they ever do open that. That's probably going to be like $24. But right. uh, no, everything is geared towards you having a good time. So I like it. Yeah. No, good point on the Northeast. I mean, that's the tough part about the Northeast, right, is it's so cold throughout so many months. You need something right. indoors to do. So and I, uh, I think Chicago is going to their first model to see how that's going to work. Cause if you can survive in Chicago, cause I don't think there's a top golf located in Chicago um, too many, too many months out of the year where you're just, it's sitting idle. I don't, I'm not hundred percent sure there. I'll let me Google that quick real quick, but yeah, that'll probably be their first indicator for how things will work. Yeah. Yeah. It's good points there. Uh, did, did you were able to check on that top golf there? Yeah, actually, there is a top golf in Chicago. Well, technically, it's the suburbs of Chicago. So now that makes me wonder why didn't they throw one up here in Boston yet? Because that doesn't make sense, especially since they put it in an area that has obviously a lot of golf courses around. So you know that's who's coming in. Uh, yeah, if they can get it with the snow that they get, obviously, it's probably a little bit lesser snow out where they put it. Um, yeah, there's no reason that there shouldn't be one up here. But yeah, there is a top golf. So you feel you area. feel Boston is neglected? A hundred percent. Three thousand. Well, you know, Chicago's as as, a better city. As long as eh, I think they're on par, uh, they're, they're they're pretty close. They're, they're pretty okay. close. Um, just as long as Boston gets one before New York City, everything will be fine. Uh, good luck with that. But thank you for doing that uh, insider research there. You know, being a journalist, Sterling, you have to do investigative reporting, and it calls for the job. That's what you got to do. Right. Right. Our uh, our second story that we want to highlight is a partnership with Amazon and the NHL. So they announced that they will debut two new advanced analytics during the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, these new stats powered by AWS will appear as an on-screen graphics and data visualizations during NHL games and hope to give fans a better understanding and deeper appreciation of how their favorite players and teams perform during crucial moments. Uh, the first two stats that they are going to be highlighting are going to be shot analytics and save analytics. Uh, so they actually debuted last night on the telecast uh, and will be seen throughout the 2021 and 2022 season. Um, so how they're powered, if you're not familiar with like how, you know, some of the things that like AWS does, uh, it's using the cloud technologies 
uh, as analytics, such as analytics, serverless compute and media services to gather data from the ice in real time, analyze it, and then visualize it for fans as graphics appear on the broadcast, um, which is just super cool. Um, and then again, what they're doing is the shot analytics, which, you know, hockey is such a fast game. They're looking at the opportunities to shoot and score, how they emerge really at the same time, right? So, like, what is the strategy behind that? So, with shot analytics, fans will be able to see and truly appreciate how shot opportunities are created and converted into goals from different locations on the ice. Um, it's also going to showcase the teams and players that have the highest shot to goal conversion rates from each area of the rink. Uh, and then for the save analytics, again, like, you know, goaltenders or face, you know, it's it's a tough job back there. So what you're trying to calculate is calculate and visualize goaltender save percentages and the volume of shots they stop from each zone on the rink to help give fans really a better understanding of like what you're kind of seeing, you know, visually on on. on on the rink. So what do you think about this Taylor? I think this is pretty cool. Again, being, I did not watch the broadcast last night. I'm not going to lie to you. Meant to did not uh, since we were highlighting the story, but what do you think about this one? You know, I, I think it's really good, especially for the fan like myself, who is still learning the game of hockey. Yeah. And uh, you know, when you're a, a major fan of any type of game, you can understand the, the intricacies of, of what's going on. But for those fans that that don't follow it like that, you're like, oh, I, you know, I didn't know he saved it with his stick. I just saw the I just saw the puck go down. And so now you're going to be able to see, especially from the save analytics, you know, seeing if they hit it with their sticks, their gloves, other pads or a body part. And then, you know, how these results vary, you know, based on where the shots or, you know, originated from. So, you know, if it was something coming from diagonal to the right, I'm not exactly sure for outside the crease. Something I don't know. I'm trying to jock my hockey lingo like I know what I'm talking about. But the visualizations will definitely help me out. Um, and, you know, and for those hardened fans that understand what, what's going on, it's just something else just to illustrate uh, and back up whatever they're speaking as well. So it, it'll, it'll help for the common fan. And then also for those, um, you know, diehard hockey fans that obviously know exactly what's going on. So I, I think it's pretty cool. And I'll be looking for it as it does pop up. You know, I was watching the broadcast last night, you know, Tuka Rass having a couple saves and then, you know, the analytical breakdown <laughs> that they had after the the third goal that gave the, the caps, the, the win. So um, it's just cool technology that um, is nice to be integrated during this 2021 Stanley cup playoff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to your point, I think for like someone for you and I, right. That, you know, didn't kind of grow up watching a ton of hockey. Um, you they know, took it's our amazing. hockey team from us. So that's all. Why I won't follow. They took the thrashers from us. Yeah. It's tough. You know, when, when, when Winnipeg got them, you're just like, well, why, what is life now? Exactly. Um, and the thrashers had just gone to the playoffs. So it was a tough thing. So I think, I think to your point with this one, hockey is so fast and, you know, playoff hockey is so intense to be able, especially for me, understanding like what's a good shot, what's not a good shot, like who's actually creating the correct shots on the ice. I think that's the part that I like really gravitated towards when I saw this um, come out with with Amazon in the NHL. Because, mm-hmm. uh, again, like I just, you know, I'm not versed in it. Right. So I'm not understanding exactly who are the people I should be kind of like you know, kind of like watching the whole time, right? Again, because it's so fast paced. So mm-hmm. I think this will be cool. I, we might kind of come back around on the story just because, I, I, you know, maybe try to do some, some highlighting some things that are that are on some of the games here. Uh, definitely check that out on Twitter and 
and or at uh, Sports Take Atlanta Media on Instagram. So uh, just to kind of like highlight it again, I think it's super cool. And again, if you're, you know, kind of a novice, you're just trying to understand it, this should be able to help you a little bit. The last one we got, I uh, wanted to highlight a uh, Delhi-based AI startup that is helping table tennis players um, really like grow. So Stupa Sports Analytics, like I said, which is a Delhi-based startup, which launched uh, their commercial operations really between first and like second wave of the pandemic. Um, they're helping global Table tennis associations improve the performance of their athletes and coaches through an artificial intelligence powered analytics app that can be installed on a mobile phone and operate using the phone camera, which is pretty sick there, right? So they've already got uh, 5,000 uh, customers so far using the platform since 2021, uh, which is pretty crazy growth there. There's a monthly subscription and everything like that. But I think anytime you're able to kind of just use your own phone, right? And to kind of power like your analytics and, and everything kind of behind you. I think it's super cool. Table tennis is one of those games too, where you want to be able to like, for me, like I watch YouTube videos to try to get better. Right. And so when I saw this story, I was like, Oh, this is perfect for those of us who have never been good at table tennis, who want to be better and can have an opportunity now. what do you think about this one, Taylor? Yeah. Uh, just like their CEO, Megan Gambert, um, he sees where there's, there's a major opportunity. So he said there's roughly um, 300 million total, you know, table tennis players in the world, whether that's amateur and professional. And then I think around 30 million professional players who can definitely use this. And and the, the big opportunity that he saw is the fact that most analytical, analytical um, or technology that, 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 brings uh, the analytics use high frame in, in expensive high speed um, to slow the action down cameras and to be able to use your mobile phone that just lets the common player that lets the common professional um, have that flexibility and having that flexibility gives you I don't know just a, a better range to be able to train um, and ease of use to be able to get that data that you're looking for and to be able to you know, work on rehab as well. It's a multifaceted um, analytical breakdown that you're getting with this um, with this program. And so, yeah, he he found an area, understands that there's a major need, and um, this puts the RS1 Croyer, um, which is the prototype, but it puts it into a very very good um, area at the moment to I think flourish and succeed. Yeah, like you just kind of said there, right? There's no entry into barrier. So I think that's the the first thing that's super cool, right? You could have, you, you could not be, you could have like the iPhone what 11 or something, right? I've got the mm-hmm. Samsung S20. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, you know, they came up with the 21. So you don't have to have like the fastest or best phone out there right now, right? You could use essentially what you have available to you. Uh, again, so there's no real, there's no, in, there's no entry, right? For you to be able to kind of utilize their technology. Uh, and then what it's going to do is to be able to really kind of break down and analyze your your weaknesses and really look at game patterns and trends that you're doing uh, within tabletop. That's the biggest thing, right? And that's it's crazy because I was having this conversation with someone last night. Like table tennis is one of those games where you, you really kind of need to see yourself kind of play it back if you ever wanted to actually be good or kind of like, you know, if you're playing around in high school or something like that, you got a you got a table in the lounge or something. We had one in our senior lounge 
in high school. And then, you know, when I got to college, we had one in the locker room. Like you just like, yeah, you want to, you get, you get super competitive and you're like, man, how can I get kind of like, like on the sly, how can I get better at this? Right. And now it's like, okay, well, Stupa sports has that ability for you to just take out your phone be able to um, record yourself. And now Mm -hmm. you really have like a trainer and someone to really kind of help you understand your mechanics and where, again, where your weaknesses are. Yeah. The ease of use is, is the major thing here. And um, you can elevate yourself from being, you know, the, run of the mill type player to like an amateur type of player. So with the analytical breakdown, as you can record your games and matches and then compare that data. So I, I really like um, everything that they got going on. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So again, that is uh stupid sports out of a deli and shout out to them for their new AI uh, backed startup. That's uh, involved with training, t- uh, excuse me, table tennis. Let's say training tables, which is something that was from college. And shout out to all of our listeners in India as well. We appreciate your support. Let's hit these uh, finance rounds for this past week or so. Um, the first one I saw was Underdog Fantasy, which is part of the new class of fantasy sports apps, has raised $10 million from a um, really a large pack of celebrity investors, uh, including Dallas Mavericks owner uh, Mark Cuban and NBA star Kevin Durant, as well as rappers Nas and Future. Uh, Underdog Fantasy was launched last year out of Brooklyn. Um, their goal is to create a fantasy platform that is simpler to understand and more social media friendly. Uh, Underdog learned on popular investors and internet influencers to grow its brand uh, by like DJ Kygo, which is, has the uh, Palm Tree Collective and influencer group Sway House. Uh, we're also investors in the round. So shout out to them. Obviously, I think they're going to try to do some really cool things uh, again around the social aspect of fantasy, uh, fantasy sports there. So really cool. Uh, next one is Bitsky. Um, so Bitsky is a San Francisco-based startup that builds custom NFT storefronts for brands and creators. Um, it's banking on the ladder, and they have new investors uh, that are looking to do the same. So the startup uh, looks like they just raised $19 million in a Series A round led by Andreas and Horowitz. Um the firm Jordan's Kendrick Ventures, Galaxy Digital, and a host of creators and celebrities, including Jay-Z, uh, Mr. Beast, and 3LAU in backing the startup. Um, obviously, the NFT space has gone pretty crazy here uh, re- as of recently. Um, so what they're trying to do, again, is really kind of make these, you know, I think make the transactions a little bit easier, make brands uh, understand a little bit better. Uh, and again, to be able to kind of put up, you know, we, we just talked about like a, a storefront, right? So obviously a digital storefront where people can truly access what creators are doing. So I think anytime Jay-Z kind of gets into something, you know, it's something that uh, it's probably going to take off. Obviously, you know, in a, the NFT space has already taken off. So I'm, I'm interested to see what Bitsky is going to do here with this new $19 million. Uh, the next one, I just want to highlight this one. It's uh, out of Indianapolis, but anytime people are, are raising money to kind of help uh, minority founders, I think it's an amazing thing. Um, so 68 Capital, which is a firm based in Indy, um, just launched a new $20 million fund aimed at providing early stage funding for underrepresented founders. Um, the fund's investors include the Indiana Next Level Fund, 50 South Capital, Bank of America, Eli Lilly, and Company, 
first internet bank and the Central Indiana Community Foundation that's working with another indie-based VC firm, Allos Ventures. And Paul Ellinger from Allos will be a venture partner at 68. So shout out to them. Uh, it's awesome that they uh, just secured that $20 million to be able to go uh, aim that uh, at minority founders. Uh, last one I've got here is Vancouver-based startup that is working to disrupt the knee brace industry. Uh, Stoco uh, just raised $6 million in a seed round looking to accelerate its go-to-market efforts in North America. So Stoco has created a knee brace that provides the support of a, of a traditional brace, but is built into a compression tight. Uh, according to the startup, Stoco is the first to market in creating a new category, professional knee brace, supportive apparel. So shout out to them. Again, shout out to them for uh, gaining that $6 million there. Um, and that kind of completes our funding rounds for the week. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. We appreciate it. Continue to listen, rate, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram, Sports Tech Atlanta Media, uh, as well as myself, Steve Mac, and Taylor Mac 29 on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we appreciate you. And we look forward to seeing you on the next edition of Sports Tech Atlanta. See you talk.